0: And maybe, and I think, too, going back and having conversations with people that are different from you that maybe have been in your life for decades, those conversations are important.
1: Hi, this is Ty Tyree, and I'm here with Ani Colt, my co-host for Celebrating Differences, a podcast. And our guest today is Jill Dabbs, Executive Director of Downtown Springdale Alliance in Springdale, Arkansas. We met... she came to Austin on a study tour of communities that are creating better places for their people. We talked for a while during the tour and after the tour and I knew she would be a great guest for podcasts on Celebrating Differences. So join us as I and I jump into a conversation with a really amazing person.
0: Well it's so it's so good to meet you Ani. I'm just uh, and Preston and I had the best time talking. I feel like just kindred, I've met kindred spirits
1: Well, the thing that just struck me about you is you just you just stepped right in and you were there. I mean, there wasn't any hesitation. We just and, you know, so I started looking online and I started looking for Jill Dabbs online and I looked for Jill Dabbs' mayor. Female reporter for the Arkansas Times really didn't like you
0: much. No. (laughs) They didn't quite know. They didn't. I I scared them a little bit. They didn't quite know what to do with me when I got elected, and I wasn't supposed to get elected. And you know, my resume at that point in time did not um, reflect the traditional um, mayorship for running a town like Bryant. I I feel like I was exactly the leadership Bryant needed, and that's what the voters. That's what the voters said at that point in time but it made some people a little bit uncomfortable. There's things I would do a little bit differently. I think that I hope would have, would make them more comfortable that I've learned over time. But you know, you do, you do what you can with what you've got in that moment. That's what I did.
2: Yeah. So what made you decide to step up and, and do something kind of radical, like run for mayor?
0: Well, I've been a small business owner, um, uh, in Bryant and uh, we had built our, it was a chiropractic practice and we'd built our practice through community engagement and development. Um, It was just a, it was a, and so it was just kind of a natural, a natural unplanned evolution. We got involved in our daughter's swim team. Um, I ended up being president of the swim team for a number of years and we grew the swim team from 35 swimmers to about 320 swimmers. And we didn't have a swimming pool that was adequate for um, hosting meets and barely enough to adequate to host practices. So we started advocating for the city to build a new aquatic center. And that led to um, the city purchasing uh, about 250 acres. Of property, And then the swim team is the group that went to the city and said, this is what we want you to do. And we had a rendering of all of the parks um, with baseball, softball, soccer, the senior adult center. We knew we couldn't do it by ourselves. So we just kind of gathered everybody else up and said, let's go get this park built and ask the city to pass a half cent sales tax to get this $30 million park built. And uh, we asked them in April. They said yes. And it passed the ballot in June of that year. So it was just is a really short period of time. And then fast forward four years later, I'd kind of I'd really watched closely the building of this park and had just gotten had really been paying more attention to local government. And as a small business owner saw. Just, you know, the things in local government that you don't want to see and uh, inefficiencies favoritism not looking out in the best interest of the city when selecting contractors and and things like that and uh, a lack of leadership on a lot of other issues they were really resisting um, uh, Bryant was a white flat town and they were really very resistant to mixed-use housing and the city was under some law uh, law, uh, lawsuits as a result of that and so I just said I'm I was asked to run. Somebody came and a few people came and asked me to run, and I said, "Well, sure, what I had to lose?" And um, so I ran. My kids were old enough at the time that I was kind of getting bored. I wasn't running the swim team as much, and (laughs) uh, you know what happens when a a busy woman gets bored. (laughs) And uh, so I ran, and I won that first election by nine percent. And uh, nobody was more shocked than I was uh, to win that election. So. I really laid out an aggressive, you know, plan for my administration, the things that I wanted to get accomplished for the city in those four years, really going back to the things that I had talked about in my campaign. And I got a lot of pushback really quick from the establishment. And, but I really just kind of looked past that really quickly and just said, this is what we're doing and and put together a really great uh, team of uh, department heads and and we started really getting things done and the pushback for getting things done never ceased. And it was, it was a small group of people, but it really created um, uh, just a, an unhealthy, toxic kind of environment in the community. Cause you know, when people are hearing negative stuff constantly, they just, it's hard to get past that. And people mm-hmm. get, even if you're, even if you're doing what in, in the elected realm, even if you're doing what the majority wants done, if they continue to hear that negative, it just gets tiresome for everybody, me included. And, um, so we got, I'd really just, I operated in a way that i really didn't care if I got reelected again each year and my margin decreased each year. And, uh, and then it was time to move on and do something else. And, uh, but we got a lot of really great things done during that time period. Um, it was um, it was fun. It was one of the most it's one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. You know, second to being a mom. It was it was a lot of fun.
1: So, how many children have you got?
0: I have two daughters. They're twenty seven and twenty two. Okay.
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, it sounds like you have a husband partner. I was. Uh, just thinking-
0: we uh, not not anymore.
2: Okay. Well, I was a single mom. Uh I was a single mom and um, I moved my kids to New York City. Well, to the suburbs of New York when they were uh, six and eight
0: Uh and
2: uh, worked on Madison Avenue and you know, then I did a lot of stuff in my town. Never been the organizer you are. And after we get through this conversation, maybe you can give me some hints because we've got <laughs> something we want to do in our community, and it's kind of just like this. And and um, I imagine that that thirty million in your town at that time was a lot, but this is probably about three hundred million. Wow,
0: that's that's really fun. That's that's about the size bond issues that we're working with now here in Springdale. So I'm I'm anxious to hear about that.
1: So yeah. let's talk about Bryant. How big was it when you were mayor?
0: Um, Bryant was about uh, um, 10,000 when I moved there, 15,000 when I ran for mayor, and they're at about 22,000 now.
2: And what kind of, uh, I, I know, I think I've heard that people are that, moving that, to Arkansas. It's
0: yes, uh, yes. a place to
2: retire
0: Uh, who's moving there so Bryant was in Central Bryant is in Central Arkansas
1: down near
0: near Little Rock down in Little Rock and um the communities around Little Rock are have been have experienced over the last two decades exceptional growth because Little Rock School District just has not gotten their act together I mean they have struggled to really put that piece of community development in place like it needs to be and Little Rock is a Fabulous city. I really, I really hope and pray they get that straightened out because once they, once they, once they get that piece in place, they're going to do a lot better. And and I, I've said it a lot. They, brought Some people might view Bryant, Cabot, and surrounding areas as beneficiaries to that poor school system because they've grown so much. But really, it's it creates a lot of sprawl development, and um, most of the jobs are in Little Rock, and it's just, it's just not. It, you and I, you know, we know it's not good for long term. Um, Development patterns um, for communities, so that's that's a real struggle. Now I live in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, there is a lot more emphasis in Northwest Arkansas on urban um, pad- urban pattern development and less less sprawl. We still have our fair share of sprawl here, but there is a concerted effort throughout the region to really um, better manage our land.
1: I was looking at your website. How big is Springdale? We're
0: about 82, 82, 80. No, we came in at 87, 87, 87,000.
1: Okay. So about three or four times the size of Bryant Mm -hmm. and a very different community. I looked at the demographics. You have one interesting part of your population. I'd like you to talk about some, you know, how that happened and how it, It changes the way you do things in your population. And guess who I'm talking about?
0: The Marshallese. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) They are a beautiful, beautiful culture. We have this this incredible group of islanders that live here from the Marshall Islands. Uh, We have the largest population of Marshallese outside of the Marshall Islands living in Springdale, Arkansas. And many years ago, um, the United States detonated. Uh, nuclear bombs on the around there at the Marshall Islands, right. and created um, it just it compromised their lives in so many ways. And so they were given the opportunity to come to Springdale for work and um, education, and and so they started coming here then and uh, to work in the chicken plants and and the other industries that were here. And they just keep coming. They just mm-hmm. think every year we get we get another. First generation uh, wave of of Marshallese that live here in our community, and um, I'm really advocating for the city leadership uh, to join some of the the Marshallese people and take a benchmarking trip back to the Marshall Islands. And Mm, um, love that idea. And really, you know, they're sharing our culture and share their culture and and understand that more. We have some incredible. The school district, the city, um, UAMS, the hospital. Um, has a program to provide them health care the school system has done a really good job integrating them they have a program for parents that are over here for the first time to help them learn English Um, there there's um, we have we have some beautiful murals in town that are a tribute to that culture and um, they have also um, the Marshallese coalition has started a couple of years ago Hosting a really beautiful cultural festival called Stroll the Atolls, and it gives uh, the rest of us an opportunity to visit with them and learn directly from them about their their culture and the, the mm-hmm. atolls. It's just it's very interesting, and um, it's and then, and then there's just a the reciprocal um, effect of that continues on.
2: So it sounds very enriching. Has there been any backlash? from I don't know people are different you know a lot of people don't like different people
0: um you don't you don't see it I mean I'm not I have not experienced it you're not seeing it I, I don't know that it's always been like it is at this point in time mm-hmm. I imagine I imagine when uh this community started having an influx of lots of lots of immigrants um that there was a, you know, who are these people? Um, what are they like? And you know, when we when we don't know about other cultures, that's what creates that fear the most, and that um, that bias, and that you know, it's just it, it's just there naturally. We also were Italy Italians migrated here to a community that has become a part of Springdale called Tawny Town years and years and years ago. And they were, they, they experienced um, racism when they moved here. You know, they, I had some I'm friends with some people that have uh, five or six generations now um, from Italy and they were outcast. Nobody wanted to go to school out there. They didn't want them coming to school in town with us. And, you know, it was just, it was a clash of cultures. But I think at this point in time, we just as humans are doing, I hope, doing better at embracing different cultures and being curious about one another and getting to know each other. And um, art is, we're using art a lot in Springdale to bridge that gap and uh, to share our cultures. Um, we're going to have our first, our very first Marshallese uh, food truck is going to be in downtown Springdale uh, later this year. Chef Judy is opening that. And uh, I've eaten her food a number of times now. She's fabulous, and so just building—it's just about building friendships. You know, you just—you just have to be. But I think communities need to be very, very intentional about it, and they need to look at what are their gaps, um, where where are the gaps, who are the people that need—they need to be more inclusive of, and who do they need to be welcoming into their community? It gives a much richer experience for life when it's not all the same flavor. <laughs>
1: Thank you. So what, what's the title of our podcast? Celebrating Differences. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you just, you just said it. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Uh, and that's the vision that uh, I have gotten from Ani. Ani came into my life six years ago. And one of the first things she said was, we are all one. And this is her vision of we're all one. We're each unique, we each have special things, but we're all part of a whole, and it's just been a, a really interesting journey for me to get there because I grew up in rural Louisiana, and you know, you can imagine what kind of things I grew up with. Uh, but to get to the point where we're all one, and as you were saying, if you get to know those people, they're just people, yeah, they've got different backgrounds and different and interesting interesting cultures and food you know wow
2: so yeah, yeah it's interesting I, i'm i'm thinking um that although you've built on it you had a structure of running a town and some power and a budget and and granted getting that budget together and getting raising taxes and all that stuff is a huge job but you had a structure and we live in a, a new community that was built on the old airport in, in Austin. And the Neighborhood Association um, is the only kind of, other than the, um, the, the master builder, the only kind of power. And I would say the Neighborhood Association has very little power.
1: It's giving their power up.
2: Yeah, it has very little power and it doesn't have a structure like running a city does, you know, that's been established over the years. However, I'm going to just for a moment, I'm going to jump because I've been wanting to ask this question. I, in my mind or in my sensibilities, imagine that as a chiropractor, you had the ability to feel and sense things and the individuality of people.
0: I was running the office. I was not the chiropractor. Oh, okay. I was the I okay, was the you were the I office was, manager. I, was,
2: I guess I'll have to not go down that <laughs> go, go down that road.
0: You would not want me to give you an adjustment. Okay. I can help you build, I can help build I built dental practices, I helped grow dental practices into the marketing and communication. And uh, trained staff, and then I did the same thing in our practice and and just gr- helped grow a successful practice. So I grew the business into the practice. And, okay. Uh, yeah. okay.
1: So, so, Jill, do you ever get involved in anything that you don't take over?
0: Mm. I, I'm attracted to things throughout my life. I can pinpoint things that I've been attracted to that needed to grow. That I was that, interested by in the them. way,
1: that was the highest compliment I could possibly pay you.
0: Well, thank you, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. I do, um, I do enjoy seeing things grow and be successful and serve others. And uh, that's growing up, starting out, growing in, growing up in my dad's dental office. I just, you know, I loved watching him care for patients and. And make their lives better. And, and I lived in a, a part of rural Arkansas that, you know, we saw a lot of dental, a lot of serious dental oh. issues. And, um, and, you know, he was just, he was just so good with patients and helping them out and, and helping them to live a better life. And I just feel like that, that was instilled in me at a very young age. And, you know, I feel like this park that we're building in downtown Springdale right now, um, Is just going to be transformative to the way that people share community with each other and and where they gather and and so that you know for that same it's going to make their lives better. So for that same reason, that makes me really excited. Well, we've
1: been looking at your website, and I'm sorry we're not operating on the other system because I could pull the website up and have you talk about the different pages.
0: I can. If you'll tell me what page you're on, I can.
1: Well, I pulled up this one page. That, your viewers this,
0: can't see it either, though. It's I hate that didn't about, work out. About
1: it, this page it says about, and as you scroll down the page, one of the first things you come to is our team. Okay. So you've got five people listed here. So these are the employees of Downtown Springdale. Yes. Okay. So there's Jill. When did was that picture taken, Jill? Of me. Yeah.
0: Uh, 2020.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. My hair used to be blonde. It was kind of in the middle at that point in time. Okay. So I've been a blonde most of my, all my life until about late 19, early 2020.
1: Okay. Yeah. This does not look like you as mayor. You, you as mayor is a different set of photographs too. Um, <laughs> so it's, tell it's me something fair. about Tell me something about the people who work with you. And uh, I assume they're all Springdale residents.
0: Um, they all are, with the exception of Kira. Kira used to be a Springdale resident, and she lives in St. Louis now. Um, but she does, she does such a great job for downtown Springdale. We have kept her doing what she does. Um, when I hired Kira, it was March of 2020. And we saw each other and we just lived miles <laughs> apart. We, lived, we just lived a few miles apart. It was after the declaration of the pandemic. And um, we didn't see each other but twice over the first 12 months that we worked together in person. And so we were already very used to working remotely together. Um, Greg, or GT, as we all call him, um, he's our events co- events coordinator. I'll tell you something interesting about GT. He used to be a drummer for Usher. Okay, I
1: kind of <laughs> wondered. Looking at the picture, I thought maybe
0: mm-hmm. he is—he um, is fabulous to work with. He and I—this is the second time we've had a chance to work together. We also worked together in Bryant um, back in back in the day. Um, Laura, um, our assistant, uh, she just came on with us just recently. She has worked really closely as a volunteer in the Springdale School District a lot. She has a lot of great relationships with. Um, the diverse communities of Springdale and is really helping us make a lot of connections. Um, and then Preston Poindexter, our events manager, he is just an absolute del- 22 year old dynamite. He can do anything. He, um, I know he just shakes his head at me sometimes from the technology, the, the technology <laughs> questions that I'll ask him, but um, he's great. So we just, we have a really, we have a really fabulous team and we're growing a, a large base of volunteers also.
1: Okay. I I was interested in his name being Preston. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So you've got a team of five uh, and I know you probably told me how big is Springdale?
0: About 87,000,
1: uh, 80. 87,000. Okay. You said eighty-six, eighty-seven thousand, 87,000, somewhere in there. Okay.
2: Um, Well, you mentioned it's very diverse. So how is the diversity changing in the last 10, 20 years?
0: Um, It's gone. It's gone from pretty much an all white community to uh, lots of Hispanics and Marshallese. Um, Let's see, there's other there's a few others I'm not thinking of. Um,
1: You don't have a large African-American population.
0: We did, Northwest Arkansas does not have a large African American population. Right. Um, there, you know, when I said a while ago, you know, communities need to look and see, you know, what do they need to be more intentional about in being inclusive, and that's one thing that Northwest Arkansas recognized, and uh, is that that they it didn't feel it didn't whether it was or wasn't it didn't feel welcoming to the African American community um, a few years ago, and there has been some very intentional work done, and I think. If there was a survey done today, people would say that's very different. It's-
2: but to tell us, tell us how you went about that. Um, we have um, a pretty diverse community in our neighborhood, and no one's lived in the neighborhood more than fifteen years mm-hmm. because you know it was an airport. New, new, totally mm-hmm. new. And our neighbor who lives behind us is currently head of our neighborhood association and and she is working on looking at the fact that some um bad feelings are going on between some of the different you know kinds of people who are living here and feeling not accepted and and so how did you go about that in your community so
0: starting in 2019 um a lot of the foundations and organizations in Northwest Arkansas that, that provide grant money and all really started making a strong push and an expectation for uh, local government, nonprofits and businesses that they did business with to go through some diversity, equity, and inclusion training. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of DEI training that took place. uh, When I first got here, I just, I couldn't believe how much DEI training was going on. Now, a lot of that, went online during 2020, and there was a lot of opportunity to just be focused on some of the noise went away during 2020 and we were able to you know all of us <laughs> were able to work on some things that we you know were just trying to fit into our schedule in some ways but those that work continued um, through 2020 and um, and I, I mean I'll just say this I've been to some DEI training that wasn't worth the paper it's written on and I've been to some really, really good DEI training. I mean, I think that's, you know, and so um, I've had enough to know there is good, there is good training out there. I think a lot of people have had some that they're like, Oh, don't make me do that again, (laughs) you know, but um, it's just good. And it's, it's, it's all of us that need it. It's, it's Mm. just really being curious, you know, caring enough to be curious to get to know other people and to see things from their point of view is is really important. And, and maybe, and I think too, going back and having conversations with people that are different from you that maybe have been in your life for decades, those conversations are important, I think, to what's going on in our communities. Um, it's not rocket science. It's just being human. It's just like, be human to one another, be good humans to one another. And, um, (laughs) and don't, I think is, you know, it was, it was offensive to me the first time I was, I was told, you know, you and your white privilege. Well, it's true. I mean, there, there are challenges that I didn't have that friends had friends that I was, you know, sitting in class with every day and just didn't even didn't even think about it. Didn't even, didn't even cross my mind that, some of the things that, you know, their parents were, their parents had to worry about it, not for them or things that they felt like they couldn't do. I'll give you an example. I came from Malvern, Arkansas used to be the place to go cruising in central Arkansas. I mean, it was, it was a big deal. I mean, we, we would, as teenagers, we would wear the sidewalls out on our tires before we wear out the bottoms because we were going in circles so much. (laughs) And in 2020, when, you know, we were talking about all of this stuff and the, The Black Lives Matter movement happened and and I had some just thinking about back to that. And Malvern had about 30 percent African-American. So I had a lot of I had a lot of comparatively had a lot of African-American friends and classmates and people that I still keep in touch with. And uh, I got to thinking they didn't go cruising. It was so much a part of my Mm -hmm. teenage days. And the fact that it never crossed my mind that why were they not cruising also? But they weren't. And so I reached out and I talked to some of them about it. And um, one was an NFL put- football player, has had a successful career, played college ball, was class uh, vice president, you know, made good grades. I mean, just, I'm like, why didn't you cruise? He's like, because I didn't want to go to jail. But that's the reality. That's the difference. And even though I didn't, I grew up in a church where we worshiped with African-Americans. That was very unusual in the Mm -hmm. eighties. But so I certainly wouldn't have considered myself a racist, but had I known now, if I'd known them what I know now, that would have been a conversation in my high school. Just like it's, those are the conversations that have been happening in schools and stuff now. So there, there's a, a good example of just an evolution of you We've got to see what is right in front of us. We've got to see our differences and we've got to help bridge, bridge, bridge those gaps sometimes and be a part, be a part of that. And every one of us has a responsibility to it. Um, And it's hard. It's, 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 those conversations are hard and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to, it's hard to see those blind spots too. You know, what are, what, are, what's your community's blind spots to those type of things that are going on?
2: Gives one pause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I came back from our our tour where I met you, and we talked a while and then we went over to the Irish pub and had a light library and then you invited a friend over, the uh, friend of a, a the son of a friend you invited to over because he was flying back on the same airplane, so y'all were going to go to the airport together. And we actually made a connection. Uh, he and I had a interesting connection in there and stuff. And, but I came home and told Ani about this woman that I'd met, and we have to get her on a podcast, and you just wouldn't believe this woman. And, you know, Ani's like, what are you talking about? And here she is.
0: <laughs> well, I thought the same thing about you after our conversation, Ani. I'm like, I've got to meet Ani. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I'm a little low key today for some reason. Uh, I think there's part of this conversation I would like to have offline, you know, or or even by email. I am in the process of um, we have a big dream project called Wonderment Central and Wonderment is spelled O-N-E. And it is about creating a place to practice. We are all one. And the dream is on eight acres, eight remaining acres here to fill some of the housing needs that haven't been filled here in, uh, in affordability and for our older population. But it's also uh, to create a new kind of community center where you have a pl- place to practice where i want. And I don't have the um, background and so forth to build the kind of teams that you know, have come with the structures you've worked with, and that you're very obviously good at doing. So I'm kind of on the I'm on the edge now of saying, you know, I it got delayed because of several things, including the COVID. And uh, I'm, do do I have? I turned eighty last year, and uh, things slow down a little. I want to live. That well. I want to live as well as y'all are living. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, she's much, much older than I am, right? Yeah. I won't be 80 until next year. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're the age of our children, roughly, uh, because your children are the age of our grandchildren.
2: Yep. His grandchildren.
1: My grandchildren. And you grew up in, should, can I say rural Arkansas?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. So, r- rural Arkansas. How did Springdale find you or did you go looking for the job?
0: So. Um, after my last election, um if I had twenty seven thank you notes to send them to send those voters, i would I, I lost my last election by twenty seven votes ah. The next day, um in addition to picking up my campaign signs, I made a list of fifty people about fifty people from across the state of Arkansas that I had met uh, while I was mayor that were in different leadership positions and and connected in some way to community development. Some were in construction companies, some were um in state government and uh, in, in the communities that I uh, felt like I was attracted to and could felt like my, my skill set could benefit. And I just started calling them and saying, guess what? <laughs> I'm available for hire. And uh, one of those people that I called was mayor Doug Sprouse of Springdale, Arkansas. He had been the president of the municipal league and I'd been on the executive committee with him. And, um, Was really impressed with his leadership. And he said, yeah, come on by my office and let's talk. And about a week later, he had me in front of my current board that I've been working with for the last three years. And uh, unbeknownst to me, they had been looking for somebody to fill this position for about six months. And they needed somebody that, you know, self-starter could get things done, but also knew how to work with local government with all the development, the, the growth phase that downtown Springdale is in right now. They needed somebody that could work really closely with local government and understood how local government works. But they also needed somebody that could raise money and and with, and work with the foundations and the sponsorships and could help lead a division of the organization that puts on great fun events. So I kind of I fit the bill for it. And uh, we've been having fun ever since.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. I uh, just went to the page that says get involved. And you have a really interesting list of sponsors on there.
2: Yeah. You don't have to be elected for this position. Is that correct?
0: No, no, it's a it's a nonprofit. I, Isn't I don't, that nice
2: for a change? Is.
0: Yeah, it is. It's nice. That's a you know, that's what I always told my kids ke- after I was after I ran for office. I told my girls I said y'all need to be taller and smarter than me or you're gonna have to run for office, and uh, they both they both did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see on your list you've got Tyson, you've got Walmart, uh, Arvest uh, in a couple of different different areas. What's downtown Springfield Alliance's budget?
0: Um, our operating budget is about 350000 And then the grants and things that we facilitate, it can fluctuate between half a million to a million a year, uh, depending on what grants we're facilitating at any given time.
1: So how does downtown Springdale Alliance fit into this whole effort by the Walton Family Foundation? to improve the, the, what, the environment in Northwest Arkansas?
0: So all of the, all of the downtowns in Northwest Arkansas have some type of downtown organization that is meeting the needs of downtown. And so some of them run farmer's markets. Some of them, we, we run a live at Turnbow a concert series throughout the summer. And we do some, we do some other programming and festivals. We also help manage um, there's, public space that's being developed and once that pub once great public space is developed it has to be programmed and managed Mm -hmm. and a lot of times local government even the parks department they're not they're not set up with the staff to do that and so that's one thing that we do is we're contracted by the city to program Mm -hmm. and manage uh turnbow park and shallow square we're bringing on another we're revitalizing another park with um about 10 million dollars over the next year and a half we'll contracted to manage that park and program that park as well so our staff is
1: jones park
0: no that's the jones center is another 51 acre project okay that is going to be happening the jones center is um was started by um mr miss jones truck they owned the trucking lines and they started that to really serve the community she was um bernice was ahead of her time and she wanted a place for everyone. She's the person that really started rallying and calling the corporations in Northwest Arkansas to be more philanthropic. And they continue. I would say that they continue to do that this to this day to honor her legacy that she started. And she left a 70 to 80 million dollar endowment that will that operates the Jones Center in perpetuity. The Jones Center has never received one single tax dollar. Wow. Wow. Um, they and they you you just cannot imagine the programming and all that goes on inside that building and they sit on 51 acres the 51 acres is really underutilized they've never had the opportunity that they've had recently to take that out that land outside of it and and really activate it um it's being the development's being artist-led um it's going to connect in from a uh, pedestrian and cycling standpoint is really going to connect to the rest of downtown Springdale, the park that I'm involved in helping to develop. It's going to tie into that. Uh, um, it's just a, it's a fabulous project. There's a, the Waltons have a design excellence. The Walton family foundation has it's called a design excellence program. And um, it's, it's a program that allows us to bring in some really talented architects, designers to, to design stuff for our different communities across Northwest Arkansas. And as of right now, I think downtown Springdale has received four design excellence grants. Wow. And uh, um, so it's, it's a program that's really working well. Uh, Theater squared was another project that they did in Fayetteville. That's wonderful. And um, the momentary, have you been to the momentary or crystal bridges yet?
1: I actually was in, uh, Bentonville, for some of the training that I did there when Crystal Bridges was under construction. So you'd ride the trail and look down and over the overlook and see Crystal Bridges being constructed. So I've never been there since it opened, but I've heard people who've been there just exclaim it's, it's just exceptional.
0: It's it's exceptional, and it becomes better every time I go up there. It's even better than it was before. So it's
2: oh, it's I exciting. want to see
1: it. Yeah, there I we go. The <laughs> We've got to go anyway because there's just a guy that runs a company called Buddy Pegs, and it's a bicycle thing. And he's he he got to Northwest Arkansas, and he quit. He used to live out in uh Minnesota, Minnesota, or Oregon or somewhere, and he just said to hell with that, and he's moved into your area.
0: You can't ride bikes out there year round. You can ride bikes twelve months out of the year here. Yeah,
1: well, and you've got some amazing mountain bike trails and different kinds of trails. Yeah, I we, rode all over Bentonville, and I've I've ridden from Bentonville to Fayetteville on that trail. Uh
0: huh. Well, you've been right through downtown Springdale then.
1: Okay. okay. Right. Through.
0: Um,
1: well, we're coming back. Uh,
0: good good well i make sure and give me give me a heads up when you're coming back because i want to be i know there will be lots of people wanting to help host you guys but i want to be on that <laughs> well
1: That's our great. our objective you know we've we've i've done three tours with uh lane shift now
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh you're you on the third one and it's uh It reminds me of all the time, the good times I spent there and the great work that's going on there. And I would love to come and go online and do a live stream from (laughs) up there about what's happening. And part of it is this whole discussion of celebrating differences. How do we how are you making that happen? And I have to admit, when I think of, you know, rural Arkansas, I don't think about people celebrating differences. And what I hear is it's happening.
0: It is it is happening, and I think we could. I think for um, your podcast, we could put together a really a great panel of mm-hmm. people that can that can talk about that diversity, that represent that diversity, and can talk about what's happening.
1: Yeah, um, I think I represent that. that would be so cool to do a live stream with, get in a room with, you know, six seven people, and realize that these people are from all over the world. And they mm-hmm. live in Northwest Arkansas, represent totally different cultures that are growing and thriving together and enjoying each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my um, mother's best friends grew up in Arkansas, and her father was in the House of Representatives. I cannot remember his name. And my nephew met Fulbright's daughter, Mary oh. Fulbright's daughter. Uh huh. So, um, that's yeah, you strong. You have some strong our <laughs> yeah. local connections.
1: And you, you'll notice
2: they're you, a few generations back, yeah. and it took me a while to <laughs> come up
1: with the names. <laughs> come up with the names.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, one of the things that I commented on when we were together, uh, Jill, is I just heard your accent coming across, and I thought, oh, this is so great. This is just reminds me so much of home. It just it felt good.
2: Oh. Yeah. Is it a good time to wrap up for now, do you think? It is. Well, let's do this. Let's do this again sometime.
0: And please let me know when you're coming to Northwest Arkansas.
1: Well, Uh, we will will plan something. We've been looking for something to do now that the COVID's winding down. And I've got a sister who lives in uh, Birmingham or outside of Birmingham, Alabama. uh And so it might be a road trip. Uh, okay. where we could hit Northwest Arkansas and then run up and see her and that kind of stuff and that
2: great. we'll
1: take a look and see what we can put together and get out and do some writing. That's
0: uh, right. Let's, do, let's do, definitely do some riding when you come up and, and I just love your community. I think Miller <laughs> Place, is it Miller Place? Miller, it's just Miller. Place just Miller, Miller. Yep. I, I've, just, I've been to a lot of Greenfield Developments across the country and I, I was it, it's in my top two favorites um, that I've been to. And uh, so y'all are y'all are doing a great job there. The the community development work that continues after a place is built is is really what,
2: and that would be a good subject.
1: <sighs> yes, the contract runs out the end of twenty four, mm-hmm. and so we are we will be responsible for our community after that. And so that's the question: is okay, what do we do now, and how do we make that work? Where you know our sort of our support group, the developer in the city, will step back and say, okay. Here, here you go, and you know we are as big as some towns. Uh, you know we will. I'd we'll, love
0: to visit with you more about that and talk yeah. about those revenue streams and and the responsibilities that'll be y'all be taking on and what that looks like long term. Terrific! Sounds, sounds
2: great. Sounds
0: good.
1: Thank you so much, Jill.
0: Thank, Thank you. Girl. Thank you. Sorry for the the bumpy at first, but man, it went great afterwards. I
1: think Thank so. I knew you. it would. I mean, you know, I had great faith. <laughs>
0: okay y'all have a great afternoon bye-bye thank bye-bye. You.
2: bye-bye
1: wow that was something I was really glad to talk with Jill Dabs from Springdale Arkansas and uh, sounds like we're going to have to make a trip to Springdale but thank you for listening to the podcast and let us know what you think we're
0: always here and willing to listen take care